Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Saul Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it's Friday. Uh, September is here, and it's the new year. I'm excited. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, rayandtaytoday.com is the website. Email us, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk sports. We want your college football week one predictions because we're going to give you ours. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we're social, very, uh, you know, YouTube and iTunes friendly. Ray, we've got a lot to talk about. Baseball, tennis, football, college football. Before we get to the NFL, I want to just throw in my nickel and dime and common sense and chillness on Colin Kaepernick. I think... It's fascinating how the response has been crazy, angry, supportive, this, that, whatever. It's not perfect. When someone protests, you're not necessarily supposed to feel comfortable about it. If they're protesting about something that is, you know, really serious, he is an athlete, he is a millionaire, but I I think that the First Amendment right is important. The way people are crucifying the kid is too much. He was stupid by wearing socks that you know portray cops as pigs. That's kind of childish, name-calling, whatever. But at the same time, let's focus on the message. He's not disrespecting the veterans. You had Nate Bowler, who was a Green Beret, who was there with him in San Diego. He met with them. Now he's talking about contributing a million dollars for some social groups. You had his teammate, Eric Reed kneel with him. Instead of sitting, he kneeled yesterday, show respect to the veterans, stood up and applauded them later on at halftime. Um, Jeremy Lane from the Seahawks sat down yesterday. And I think it's time to not criticize the, the messenger or the protester but actually listen and hear and let's have a real dialogue about changing issues and problems because you know what? They've lasted too long and it's time for people to wake up, stop being angry. Some people need to look themselves in the mirror and say, wow, a certain bunch of people are unhappy and feel like they're disrespected. I wonder why, good golly, why? And just listen. That's what I got to say, and hopefully we all can grow and change from it. And, um, you know, it's okay. He, he, it's his right. It's the flag. It's not – listen, we don't stand up for the flag when we go shopping, and that's American too, to buy, you know, buy something at a store. So, you know, it's a sporting event, and it's become this thing after 9-11 about the flag and this and that, but it's still, you know, uh, let's chill out. No, I agree, and, and we're also we're also all over certain athletes like Michael Jordan and people that are in the spotlight. 
and don't say anything and don't have any message at all. So listen to what this guy is saying. You, you know, you can be right and wrong at the same time. You know, she, he, you can be listening to Kaepernick's message and still say, oh, the way he delivered it was wrong. And that's okay, too. You don't have to agree with everything, but at least it sparks a dialogue. Yeah. So, it, you know, and, and I'm okay with people in the public eye having a, an opinion, having a message, and making a statement. And this is if this is what he believes in, and, and this is the path that he's chosen to take it. That's great, and he's sticking to his guns. And you know, as long as he explains himself to his teammates and isn't a distraction to his teammates in his organization, right? He has every right to do whatever he wants. The only thing is, we don't want this to take away from the football, and we don't want the football to take away from his message. You know what I mean? They're both two things that we can talk about separately. Yeah, definitely. And I got I was definitely upset and bothered by Boomer Esiason, who, you know, a fellow Terrapin, his thoughts on Carmelo and Kaepernick and this and that. I think what happens is sometimes people get so stuck in, in their ground that they, they want to forget about the message and say, oh, well, it's just so disrespectful. And oh, and they're a millionaire. They shouldn't protest. And Rodney Harrison, oh, and he had to step back, right? Oh, he's not really black. Whoa, whoa, Rodney. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, cats, cats really kind of just put their foots in their mouths, and they really sound so ignorant. And Kaepernick each day sounds more intelligent. And yes, he's 25 and young, so he made some mistakes. The Castro shirt, the, the sock stuff, you know, maybe that's going to mix up the message. But whenever you hear the man speak, he's very clear that he respects his country, respects veterans, yada, yada, yada. He's just talking about an issue that we all have seen play out the last couple of years on the regular in our country. You know, I mean, it's, it's happened too much, you know. So, But let's go and move on because right now the NFL has until, what, tomorrow 4 p.m. to release all their official cuts. Now, we got some, some, some hot news with some suspensions, Ray. Your boy Rob Nikovich from the Patriots took a banned substance, which he tried to, you know, apologize. Oh, I didn't realize I, did. I would never do that and integrity, yada, yada, yada. I don't believe him. But I want to ask you, him trading Chandler Jones, Deion Lewis, Tom Brady four games, uh, are they going to be ready to go two and two or three and one? Or what, what do you think is going to happen with the, with the Pats? And is this more stress for Belichick and Jimmy G to start the, the beginning of the New England Patriots season? Absolutely. And what we thought was a four and one, uh, sorry, a four and oh, we thought maybe not three and one potentially. This looks more and more like a two and two start. And that AFC might be more up for grabs than we think. Uh, Buffalo made an interesting cut today, too. We'll talk about that with, with uh, Manny Lawson. But the Patriots are not – if they win the AFC East, which we'll get into our NFL preview next week, and we both probably have them predi- predicted to win that, it's not going to be easy. You can't keep <laughs> losing people. And with all due respect to Belichick and Kraft and that organization, and they do a great job, but – you can't lose, like you said, Deion Lewis, Chandler Jones, Tom, each for a different reason, right? And each for a different right, length right. of time. And some, you know, forever Chandler Jones. But 
You can't keep <laughs> Lou and Ninkovich. You can't keep losing these guys and still be an elite team. You know, you only have so much depth. It's only a 53-man roster. You know, but your boy Barkavius Mingo looked pretty good. That they traded from the got from the Browns, which was a smart move by Belichick. He looked pretty good, even though it's week four of the preseason. What do you think about that? Look, this Maybe guy rejuvenating his career. Yeah, this guy was the number six overall pick, right? There's a reason that he was drafted that high. He was a monster at LSU. Kevious. You know, we, we need to throw that in our – I don't know if that's top five, but it's certainly honorable mention. you got to love that name. That's, that's a Mingo. name, but I like the Mingo. I think I like the Mingo part better, Markevious Mingo. <laughs> Where's the Mingo anyway, from, you know? He – maybe Belichick found something. You know how Belichick and that Patriot organization, they watch tape. Maybe they saw something that they liked, and they're, they're going to be able to get the most out of it. Sometimes it's as simple as a, a change of place. You're totally right. Um, Let's go into some of these cuts. Well, actually, before the cuts, how about the number one and two picks are both third on the depth chart because of injury and poor play. Carson Wentz for the Eagles, right, behind Bradford and uh, your boy, uh, gosh, I can't forget to remember his name, that was from the Chiefs, Chase Daniel. And then Jared Gothray, he's behind Sean Mannion. And um, the Case Keenum, what, what do you think about Jared? God, and remember, we both said that the quarterback all pushed up and these people trading for him. We didn't like any of them that much. I actually personally like Paxton Lynch the best out of those three and all those guys. And he's looking like he might start, you know, pretty quickly in Denver after Trevor Simeon goes four or six weeks. But these other guys, wow, Jared got – and are you shocked that he's third behind Mannion, too? That's pretty wild, right? The third part is a little bit shocking, right? But not <laughs> starting. First of all, it's not shocking because I don't think either of these guys are that good. I don't think either of them project to be, you know, uh, multiple pro bowlers, A. And, B, I don't have any problem with a rookie quarterback holding a clipboard. Now, Jared Goff played for four years at Cal, so – you probably expect a little bit more from him. But Carson Wentz is in a quota, you know, one – that's basically a one double-A school. What do they call it? FCS now. These guys, even if you come from a big five conference, there's no shame in not being ready to start in the National Football League in the first game, especially now when they're cutting back on mini camps, rookie camps, and you only really play one or two, you know, full games if you add up all the quarters that you play in preseason. So no problem at all with that. In fact, I think it's healthy for both kids' career. And by the way, they're not Peyton Manning and, um, you know, any other number one pick that you want to think, Cam Newton. I mean, these guys right. are just okay. I, I don't project them to be to be stars in the NFL anyway. To be fair, Wentz, Wentz got hurt. So we haven't gotten to really yeah. see him potentially Fair show enough. what he Fair can enough. do anyway. But then, like you said, the Bills, with their injuries, Mar- look, Marcel Darius suspended for four games. But then for injuries, you, you lose Shaq Lawson and Reggie Ragland from Clemson and Alabama. You surely wouldn't think that they would release Manny Lawson, who's young, 
from the Niners and then been with the Bills. Um, that was shocking. What do, you, what do you think Rex Ryan is thinking? Because they need defensive guys. That's like, they need defensive guys. He was projected to start. I guess he's 32, so he's not the youngest kid. But, I mean, this guy can still play. I, I just don't get it. I don't know. Maybe Maybe they just had enough of him. Maybe it was a personality thing. Maybe it was a locker room thing. You never know. But this week, after being penciled in as the starter, and it's not like we're hearing that, oh, you know, a couple of guys really were gangbusters in practice. I mean, it, it's shocking. I don't know. Something's going on. It's something behind the scenes that we don't know about. Definitely. And then the Tennessee Titans, right? Now, look, there's going to be a ton more cuts tomorrow. Um, you know, we'll tweet some out. There'll be some major ones. Uh, Aaron Murray today for the Chiefs, because they had Nick Bowles as their backup behind Alex Smith. You know, they've got a lot of quarterbacks. So maybe the Vikings say, hey, let me give Aaron Murray a chance, right, who we both liked in college. So you never know what could happen there. Look, the Vikings have to get somebody to back up Sean Hill. He's a little banged up. And then their, their third string that they had, he was hurt. So they've got to get somebody, um, and they, you know, couldn't trade for McCown, the Browns. You know, people were trying to hijack them because everybody knows the Vikings need a quarterback quarterback without Teddy Bridgewater, who, oh, by the way, we wish him well and just a lot of class. And um, it seemed like it was a devastating injury, Ray. What was it? They said dislocated knee, ACL, and the fibula. It seemed like the whole thing just, like, exploded on him. And nobody hit him. That's crazy. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. That's almost like, uh, you know, when Willis McGahee did his knee. Well, I mean, but people usually get hit when you, when you have that much damage. Yeah, they were comparing it to basketball like Sean Livingston. And you remember how bad that was. So, But what did you think about the Titans getting rid of, what, two second-round picks, Bishop Sankey and Justin Hunter, the wide receiver from Tennessee, who we'll talk about in a minute as they almost lost last night. <laughs> but um, what do you think about the Titans, man? They, they, uh, they're moving on, right? Surprising. You know, both of these guys, you could argue, showed a little bit, but were somewhat disappointing. But I just figured for depth at the position, but maybe they're just trying to shake it up in Tennessee. Maybe they want a winning attitude and, and they want to keep and they all the people cluster. from the new guard. Yeah, they cut uh, Dexter McCluster. So I assume that um, I know they had another rookie from last year. So he'll probably, or Antonio Andrews or whoever would be the third string. And then they've got DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, who look, I got to say, man, and we talked about it with Charles because he had done their preseason games. Mariota, Delaney Walker, some of these receivers, my man Tajay Sharp, who people don't know about. Tajay. Does it, you know, you got Wright, uh, Kendall Wright, and then the, these running backs in that offensive line. Tennessee might be kind of a sneaky, I don't know. We'll see when we do our predictions on Tuesday. Tennessee might have a couple more wins than people are thinking about, Ray. So I'm looking forward to that. Anything that, well, Bryce Preddy got injured. So do you feel, I guess, the Jets will be able to put him on pup or IR and they'll keep they're three quarterbacks, so they kind of lucked out um, in a way. 
Is there any other position or quarterbacks or anything else that might surprise you? People getting cut tomorrow or, you know, any major, you know, little last minute moves and trades, you know, we saw what the Browns traded their punter for a fourth round pick. That's if you could get a fourth round pick for a punter, Ray, you're uh, give, give them some props. They're making some moves. You got to do that. Yeah. You got to do that every day of the week. I mean, Ray guy was a, was a first-round pick, but for the most part, punters are undrafted or they're sixth or seventh-round picks. Yeah, definitely. So, look, we'll be talking NFL. We'll see the cuts or whatever. Let's get into some tennis, Ray. What, we had, uh, you know, Serena and, and Venus both win yesterday. Today, your boy, the Joker, and the Dow won, right? Or, is, no, the Dow's still playing, right? He's playing Nadal's now. on now, yeah. He's on right okay, now. Okay, yep. so the, the Joker won, and um, what's the kid from America won? Um, Sock, what's his name? Oh, yeah, yeah, he... 26th rank? Yeah, and playing at home, you know, he's got the hometown. It's funny, the U.S. Open is funny like that. Sometimes they're rooting the Americans. That's, that's big, right? He upset Chillick. That's huge. Number seven. Yeah, 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 because Chillick beat, uh, um, he's the defending champ. Or two years ago, sorry, he won last yeah, right, two, uh, yeah. two years ago. So, you know what's interesting is that the fans in Flushing Meadows, they're flaky, right? Sometimes, but they, but they, when they're behind you, they're behind you. Sometimes they root for the old guy. Sometimes they root for the American. Sometimes they root for the underdog. But it's really fun to see the crowd and the energy and the momentum. And now, as they start playing more games at center court, with uh, you know the, the the big stadium with the retractable dome, and then on uh, on um, Louis Armstrong, it'll be really fun to see. Hopefully, we won't get any rainouts from this storm that's coming up the East Coast. But well, it'll be yeah this weekend. Hopefully, and it doesn't affect the football games either. Well, they had to. That's why they moved up the preseason down there for Tampa. But then you're right. Tomorrow, college football games and stuff. Um, what's up with this Eisner kid? I haven't seen him play the American 20th rank. He's playing right now. He's, uh, I guess, well, he's losing in the third set. He won the, lost the first set, won the second. Now he's down 5-2 Eisner. Have you seen Eisner play? You know, I root for American. Yeah, that's your boy. Get, right? That's your boy to, to do this like 6-7, and he had that marathon. Remember that, that marathon oh. that went over – three days in the French Open back back okay, in the day. So he just okay. keeps plugging, keeps plugging. I think he's like 6'9". But he just <laughs> keeps plugging and plugging. He's really good. Well, it's always good to see American tennis players on the men's side start to develop and get good again. Look, we know Nadal, the Joker, and Murray are, are you know, should be tough. Um, the women, that's going to be fascinating. You know, I think um, – Obviously, with Serena winning and Venus won yesterday, you know, they're always going to, you know, advance and, and just continue to move on. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen – there haven't been any crazy upsets, right? Wozniak uh, was, was – um, yeah, Wozniak. Caroline she Wozniak, just won, yeah. Yeah, she won yesterday. So – or was it today she won? She might have won today. Straight sets, six three six one. So – I wonder is it no just going to be Joker, but yeah, Joker and Serena again, or you know we might see 
Because there have been some, look, Vinci's doing okay. She's won again. There have been some upsets, you know, in the last couple of years here at the U.S. Open. So anything's possible, Ray. Yeah, and Flushing Meadows are great. Like I said, the, the crowd gets into it. It's hardcore. Yeah, yeah. You know, booming serve always helps. Um, and, you know, that, that volley game that, you know, Pete Sampras had. And, you know, Djokovic, I mean, Djokovic is perfect for this court, right? Djokovic and Serena. So I'm, I'm still hard-pressed to see them losing, but I still want to see good tennis leading up to the finals next weekend. No, definitely. It's, you know, it's that time of year, man, and it, you, you kind of get nostalgic, you know. I mean, for some of us out here, like in the desert, they already started school. Some people in the South and Cali might have started school next week. But the majority of people in America, kids go back to school after Labor Day. Look, we know fall starts officially on September 21st, but the unofficial start of fall is, you know, hey, Labor Day. The day after Labor Day, everybody's like, yo, summer's over. So how about this? Let's take a quick little break and come back with week one college football picks for Ray and Tech. We're back and ready to talk some college football. Can you Woo! believe it? Week one, pigskin football. Let's get out of the way. Tennessee, Charles Davis's alma mater. And if you didn't check out our show, it's a good one from Monday. Check oh, yeah, that out. Listen. Charles Davis had a lot to say about football and college and pros and, and him maybe becoming the AD at Tennessee. Tennessee needed overtime to beat Appalachian <laughs> State. I mean, this is the same Appalachian State that's giving people problems, right? Yes, they, they have. Other teams, right? So, respect them. But Tennessee but, was at home, right? <laughs> a, Tennessee was at home, and B, people were saying Tennessee is a sleeper in the SEC, and they could do some big-time damage, and they well, have to hope go to overtime. Well, wakes them up. <laughs> I hope so. I look at it like this. I look at it like this. I think Tennessee, one, we know that Bush Jones, he's a good recruiter. This is like, what, his third or fourth, fourth year there. So he, his talent should be ready to show his juniors and seniors. But, Ray, I still, honestly, I like the defense. That offensive line was not good. Um, so I think that that still is going to be an issue. And when you're playing against, you know, Florida and Georgia, they're in the East. I, I'm not sure who they play in the West of the SEC, but they're going to have some serious games. And that old line has got to hold up. So I, I'm not going to be overly excited, even though I think Tennessee is probably going to wind up being, let's say, a top 15, top 20 team. I didn't have them in my, you know, top top ten end of the year, and I, I don't think they'll win the SEC East. But um, I don't know. They survived, and we got some good games coming up this weekend, Ray. I want to ask you. Let's let's just start. Let let let's get into it and make some picks. 
Now, we got the ranked games, but there's some other games separate from the ranked games that are interesting. Your thoughts on Rosen, UCLA against Texas A&M. This is a serious game because A&M might be slept on a little bit in the sense that, you know, they, they had a down year last year. Do you think A&M has a shot or do US, U, UCLA flexes their muscles? So I think it's a, it's a good game. Josh Rosen is going to have a coming out party because I don't know if people on the East Coast know about him. Uh, Texas A&M probably has the next Vaughn Miller, right? A crazy defensive end and, and a defense that will give you a lot of trouble. So I think this will be a very close game. Maybe I'll give you silly a slight edge, but uh, but I think this is a good one. You're right that, that this is kind of under the radar, but this is this is a great game. We're gonna look back and say, wow, this is a tremendous week one, and that's one of the games that wasn't even top billing, and it's gonna be a great game because both of these teams have a chance to work their way, you know, back into. Uh, you know, contention in, in their conferences. UCLA is obviously with USC gonna, in the uh, Pac-12 South going to do their thing. Texas A&M, you know, I think they're going to surprise a couple people in the SEC. I mean, I don't know that they uh, they actually win it, but, but I think they're going to be good. But what's interesting, too, about this week is that all of the unranked underdogs, if I'm not mistaken, are playing at home. So that's what makes this Right, this is that college so station. interesting. Right, this is that college right. so Obviously, yeah. UCLA is the ranked team and and the better team, but a lot of these games that are ha- you know that have the the ranked team and the unranked team, the unranked teams at home, so it makes it a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I'll say honestly, I'll go thirty four twenty six. UCLA just pulls it out. I think they have a little bit more maybe speed and this quarterback to me, he's what is he gonna be? The number one pick in two years, basically. I mean this kid he's he's that guy. You know what I mean? He he really is. So I think it'll be good for people to watch it because you're gonna see a, a star in the making in the Pac twelve for this season and next season. So buckle up and I'll go Aggies. Well, I mean, I'll go you Bruins. Why are you acting all aggy? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll be that high scoring. I'll go twenty four twenty UCLA. Ah, okay, okay. I, I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Um, I guess we could. Uh, we'll hold off on that. Uh, Arizona, Arizona BYU is not really that much of a, you know, one of those big deal games. How about Kansas State Stanford? Stanford is look. I guess we know Stanford's going to win. The question is about this. Is this the beginning of the Heisman run? Because even though Kansas State is, you know, Big 12, not so great, if he starts off with a big opening game, this, you know, because it's going to be compared to LSU, Wisconsin for Fournette. It's going to be compared to, you know, Clemson uh, and their opening game against Auburn for Watson. Auburn, yeah. Yeah, is is, uh, is this McCaffrey? We're going to see uh, – 100-plus yards, maybe 60 yards receiving, 50 yards kickoff. Are you expecting one of those big games from him? Yeah, that's not even a big game, believe it or not. That's probably below average for him. <laughs> uh, I would say yes. I would say absolutely. I mean, look, they've been preparing for this all summer, all spring practice. 
So in that respect, there's going to be no surprises here. But I just think that Stanford at home is just going to take care of business. And I, and I look for McCaffrey to have a big game. So I look for him to get three 350 all-purpose yards. And I think Stanford wins fairly easily. I think they'll, they, this is a team that's returning a lot of its offense. So I think that offense usually is, doesn't click as, as fast as defense in the regular season, 35, 38 points, and maybe K-State puts up 23 Okay, that's fair. I would say, yeah, I look at Stanford. Uh, I don't know if their offense is ready so much yet. McCafferty gets two or three times in the end zone, but I'll say they probably win, you know, like 26-17. Because I, I, I do think – I think David Shaw has got a team, like, you know, we predicted that they're going to win the Pac-12, just don't know if they get in that college football playoff, you know, which – which would be unfortunate because we, we, we both like Stanford. It's not like it's our favorite team, but, you know, he's a friend of the show, has been on the show. Uh, let's talk about Oklahoma-Houston, man. This is, this is a big one because the Houston Cougars, ladies and gentlemen, they're one of those teams that's on the outside that is trying to, outside the Big Five Conference, knock on the door to get into the college football playoff or even, you know, one of the top, you know, four or five bowl games. But let's be honest, they, they got a good team. They want to get in the college football playoff this year. Well, how do they do that? They got to beat Oklahoma, Ray. First game, it's whatever, Lions Stadium. I just think the Sooners are going to be too much. And Baker Mayfield, I think he's going to try to throw his hat in the ring for the Heisman, and he throws for 300-plus yards. I got Oklahoma in a shootout. 35-30, because Houston can score. 35-30 over Houston. This is going to be fun, but Baker, you know, he, 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 he lights it up, right? Well, the only thing going for Houston is that they're playing this game at home at NRG Stadium. Uh, I, I think that Oklahoma's got too much posse. Baker Mayfield and the boys on offense – and also, you know, Stoops a defensive guy, so his, his defense is going to be out there ready to play. Um, the one thing you can say about Oklahoma is that when they've played in a position of being the favorite, when they've started the season in the position of being a favorite and, and a top five, you know, national championship contender, they seem to always wilt and have disappointed. So that's the only thing going for them. At Houston, I think that they can score, but I'm not sure they can score against a defense like Oklahoma's. So I look for a high-scoring game, but I ultimately think that Oklahoma pulls away in the second half, and I think they win pretty easily. I'll say something like 38-27. Okay. Let's talk about the game at Lambeau Field. This is This is great. You have – what, number 14, Wisconsin, against number 16, LSU. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No. Well, no, no, oh, it's uh, LSU. I was looking at the Rutgers. Yeah, yeah, LSU is five, and Wisconsin is unranked. Yeah, they're unranked. They're unranked. But they're so, playing at home at Lambeau. I can't remember the last time Wisconsin did play at Lambeau. I actually don't remember that. Maybe, oh, gosh, did they open up? It might have opened up one game there, but 
First of all, Les Miles shouldn't be telling cats don't do the Lambo leap that you won't get a ride home. Because let me tell you, if Leonard Fournette does it after scoring a touchdown, he's going to get carried home. And maybe they'll leave Les Miles off the bus. <laughs> so he needs to stop that foolishness right now. This is big. Honestly, Ray, I think Fournette, at the end of the day, I've got Deshaun Watson getting a Heisman. But like last year, Fournette started off so great. Now he's coming in a little banged up, but they rested him for a while, you know, after he had his little tweak injury early on in spring you know, uh, practice, I guess. I think he has a big game. I, I think Wisconsin is on a downswing the last couple of years, right, since Gordon's left and they weren't so great when he was there. But this is not your mom and pops, Wisconsin Badgers. This is not your – younger self of four years ago, Badgers, they're not quite the same. I think LSU and Fournette, Fournette puts up a buck 60, two touchdowns, and I think LSU starts to flex their muscles to say, we're going to be in this to the end. I'll say, um, I'll say 34-20 over Wisconsin. Wow, you got it as an easy game. I can't go with anything else. I mean, Barry Alvarez's Wisconsin Badgers, maybe even Brett Bielema's Wisconsin Badgers, maybe play this game better, keep it close. But ultimately, LSU's the better team. LSU is also playing with a chip on their shoulder now with all that happened in Louisiana. They've kind of bonded together. I think that ultimately Leonard Fournette is probably the best runner in the country. Dalvin Cook has something to say about that. McCaffrey's kind of the all-purpose guy. But in terms of I am matriculating the ball up the field, and you know that I'm coming, and you can't stop me. So <laughs> that's the type of game, north-south, you know, not that fancy, but he's just big, he's strong, he's, he's like Adrian Peterson. This guy is the real deal. He'll be playing on Sundays. Hopefully he doesn't take too much wear and tear in college because, you know, we want to see him on the pro scene. So I think he's a top five pick. He might be a top five oh, pick in the next draft. In Philadelphia, by the way, Ray, we didn't mention that. The draft's in Philly. (laughs) Yeah, Motown Philly back again, doing a little East Coast swing. Benjamin Franklin Highway, they're going to have the people climb up the steps when they get drafted. They're making it a big show, man. This should be interesting. So, okay, so you're rolling rolling with LSU and and Leonard big time too, huh? Yeah, I can't. I can't even – envision a scenario where Wisconsin wins this game. I think LSU's ready. Okay, this one right here, number 18, Georgia against number 22, North Kakalaki. This is in difficult. the Georgia Dome. Well, it's in the Georgia Dome, right? But remember last year, that North Carolina team was really, really good. They've got and a by great the way, could have beaten Clemson yeah, they should have, at the yeah, end. They, should have, the they, they probably should have won that game. They, had a, they should have had a shot, Ray. You're right. They Shoot should have out. had a shot. They kind of got a little jerk. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something kind of shocking and surprising, man. I think, I think this Tar Hill team, I think they beat Georgia. I love Chubb. I love Chubb. I don't even know Georgia. Uh, they just announced their starting quarterback, but I don't think he's ready. I think North Carolina goes to the Georgia Dome and they turn it out to Carolina Blue, baby, and burn out that red. 
And I think North Carolina wins, ooh, 28-26, a close one. A late drive gets that touchdown. that mother out. Yeah, man. The ACC is going to flex this year. They might wind up being the second-best conference in football. You watch out for the ACC, baby. Well, if North Carolina can do it, you know, we know that Florida State and Clemson are going to be top five, six teams. <laughs> so yes, sir. that would be great. That would be great for the ACC. Now, you got to be worried when you look at the line and the Vegas odds makers have Georgia as only a three-point favorite. Now, That's granted, this game isn't in Athens. The game is on a neutral site close to Georgia, obviously, close to the Georgia campus, an hour away, an hour and a half away, depending on traffic. But that's not a lot of confidence in Georgia. However, I have confidence in Georgia. And like I said, in the beginning of the season, offenses usually are a little slow to start. North Carolina going on last year, and I'm projecting them to be a a very good offensive team and kind of a – mediocre defensive team. I just have a feeling that this game will not be a crazy shootout, right? I think I think there'll be some points scored, but I don't think it'll be a crazy shootout. And I think Georgia controls the ball, time of possession. They run the ball with your boy Nick Chubb, hopefully back completely healthy. And I think that they win a close game. And I'm going to say that the odds makers have it right. And they win – I'll say 27-24. I'm not mad at you, but I'll say this. No way, Jose. Now, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game. So, wait, we just got a couple games left before we end with some baseball. Oh, yo, shout out to Eric Davis from the NFL Network. He just gave us, clicked a little like, liking our show. You know, so he's liking, maybe he's listening live. So Eric Davis from the NFL Network, good looking out, man. We we always appreciate your work and you're a professional broadcaster and you were sure a heck of a cornerback back in the days for the Niners and the Panthers. We we remember you, E.D., we remember you, you know. So that's that's a good look right there. Clemson-Auburn, not much to say. I, I feel bad for Auburn, Ray. I, look, they're still recruiting at a top 20 rate. They're not getting necessarily the blue chip guys, but it seems like they just it's it's kind of falling apart. Like they're almost like the SEC version of Wisconsin, right? But they were a little bit better when they were good, but they've it's fallen. Clemson is Deshaun is gonna hurt these boys, something ugly. I'm gonna say he puts up thirty eight. I'll go thirty eight seventeen. They're gonna it'll wow. be close in the first half. First half will be like, you know, like seventeen fourteen Clemson and then whoop. They come back after the half, it's going to be like, whoop. <laughs> well, the good thing is this game is playing is being played at Jordan-Hare Stadium. So I do think that going into Auburn is difficult. Ask yeah. Alabama. Ask other teams in the SEC West. Well, come to the corner. And you're right. This Alabama team not so long ago won the national championship with Cam. Auburn, Auburn, yeah. So – I believe that Auburn is here to play, but I also believe that Deshaun Watson is the most explosive player in the country. He can impact the game with his legs, with his arm. He moves the ball down the field. I think this will be a pretty high-scoring game. 
Auburn can score against Clemson. But ultimately, even the crazy fans of Jordan Air are not enough. Clemson wins this one, I'll say, 33-27. Mm. I think it's going to be close. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's going to be good. Then, Ray, we've got the, uh, the, the, the Sunday night special and the Monday night special, right? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. We got USC Alabama. Then we got the other two games. So this, this right here is fascinating because I think USC, I think they're ready to show everyone that they're going to be contenders possibly in the Pac-12 with Washington, who's going to be great, right? They're number 14 in the nation. UCLA, Stanford, maybe an underestimated Oregon. So they'll be in that mix. But they're not ready for roll tide number one Bama because – even though I don't think this is going to be the greatest Bama team, I do think it's still Bama. And Lane Kippen, Ray, we talked about it before. He is not going to, you know, play lightly. He's going to rub every trick play in the book and just whatever, and he's going to take it to USC. I think Bama wins this one. I'll say 33-23. They keep it a little close, but 33-23. Nah, go 34-23. The Bama wins by 11. Okay. I agree with your sentiment. Lane Kiffin is definitely fired up about this game. This is a Lane Kiffin Bowl. <laughs> he lives with this game. The only thing going for USC is that this game is in Jerry's world and not in Tuscaloosa. Because if this game was in Tuscaloosa, they'd lose by 20. So because it's not in Tuscaloosa – Similarly, I think they lose by maybe 10 points, 12 points. So if I had to put a score out there, I would say Alabama 30, USC 18. Mm. Okay, so last two real quick. Notre Dame, Texas. This is Sunday night football, basically. Look, you know, Texas has improved. Let's just be honest. They just announced uh, their starter kid the other day. But I think Notre Dame, is, is Kaiser starting or are they going back to Malik, Malik Zaire? Have you heard? I think they're going with both. I think wow, Ray. I think they're both really good. I'm almost shocked that none of the kids transferred because, to me, I can see them both playing on Sundays potentially. That's how good I think they both are. Notre Dame beats Texas, but I think Texas has a good showing. This one's going to be close. I'm going to actually say this one is – 30 to 24, Notre Dame beats Texas. Texas is going to play some football, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Charlie Strong really needs this game for recruiting and just to keep those crazy Texas boosters yeah, keep off going. his back. But ultimately, Notre Dame's a better team. Now, this game <laughs> is being played in Austin, so that'll make it close. But like you, I think it'll be a close game. But ultimately, Notre Dame wins. I think it'll be some points scored in this game, though. So I'll say 30 to 26, Notre Dame. 30 to 26. Okay. So last one. This is kind of like our Monday night football. Look, college football just is going to dominate the – the landscape this weekend. So everybody really just enjoy it. 
because it's the only weekend that you get to kind of watch it without the NFL, right? I mean, it's just you get a college game every day and every night. And this is a doozy. Monday night, ESPN. Or no, are they doing it on ABC? No, ESPN. Sunday night's on uh, ABC. But ESPN has got number 11, Ole Miss, against number four, Florida State. Ray, this is good. This is, this is, a, this is a good game. Chad Kelly, I think Ole Miss is really a good team. But I think at the end of the day, Florida State, Jimbo Fisher, and Dalvin Cook, and the speed on their defense, um, they're like a SEC team, the way they recruit. And I think Miss will definitely have their hands full. But this is going to be a classic. Florida State beats Ole Miss. I'll say 31-27. Good game. Look, Dalvin Cook's going to be the best player on, on the field right now. The game's in Orlando, so benefits Florida State, but it's not their home. It's not in Tallahassee. Right. Uh, the storms will have passed, so these guys are fine for Monday. And, oh, by the way, everybody be safe out there. You know, if, it's, if your hurricane is coming and they tell you to evacuate, evacuate. If you need to board up, yeah. board up. You know, listen to the people. Please. Even if even if you think they're overestimating, even if you think it's going to miss you, it's not worth the risk, folks. You know, protect yourselves. Uh, that's our public service message from Ray and Tay today right. for uh, yeah, you got, you the hurricane like that. season. Little but I think Florida State's a little too tough. I do believe this is going to be a great game, actually. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, there'll be some points scored here, too. So I think here I'll go with a score of 30-27. to 27. A nice high-scoring game, back and forth. Kelly, Dalvin Cook, I think ultimately Florida State has a couple defensive stands and holds on to win in Orlando. That's going to be a good one. I, I, I think I'm going to, you know, look, we'll be drafting a lot of NFL drafts this weekend, fantasy football. We got to talk with baseball. But real quick, one thing I, we didn't get to mention with fantasy football, does it change your – thought of picking Vikings, whether it's wide receivers or um, Adrian Peterson without Teddy Bridgewater there. Same thing with the Cowboy players and Romo. Do you, do yeah. you adjust, adjust your picking? Absolutely. High, Absolutely. Better I pick or Adrian or well, depends on your philosophy, right? I think Adrian Peterson is going to get more touches, but I don't think they will be good touches. I think there'll be seven, eight, nine in the box for him. So, Adrian Peterson goes down in value to me. Uh, in, in terms of the Cowboys, you could argue Ezekiel Elliott's value maybe goes up. I think Des Bryant and Tony Witten go down. So uh, you really have to figure what is the world going to be like without Romo and Bridgewater. Now, Romo, you know, obviously can come back. Bridgewater's done for the season. But I do think it takes a major hit. And that's why I don't understand these people. And this is another pet peeve of Ray and Tay. How are you going to have your draft before the third Pre-season game? Over. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got to do it after the fourth game. So all these really? people that have these early drafts, I don't get it. You know, no, we, we always draft down, after that Labor Day cut. or Labor Day. You're right. You know, the only draft that I do before Labor Day is just a fun league, you know, with father-son league and stuff like that. No money, whatever. But for anybody doing any type of serious draft, 
it's it's almost sacrilegious. It's blasphemy to draft before the third and the fourth preseason games because guys get cut and and you know it could be you know your fifteenth pick if you were picking up Justin Hunter or you know or whatever or Bishop Sankey you know your third running I don't know whatever but you know yeah you're right the rosters are not you know they're they're still in flux so. Do your draft the right people. Do it. Do it right. Don't don't get Ray and Tay upset at you because we you know we don't want to embarrass you now. <laughs> we'll call you out there. Yeah, no, nah, we, we we definitely have to call you out. Speaking of calling out on the positive side, we gotta call out your boy Lester for the Chicago Cubs. He's fifteen and four. Almost was getting a no hitter, and then uh, the Giants Hunter Pence knocked one out of the park. But right now, uh, Ray, the, the Cubs are – they are the Seattle Mariners back in the day. They are the Cats Meow. They're doing it. We'll look at the National League first. Um, do you think that they can withstand the pitching staffs of the Nats, Cardinals, Dodgers or the other wild card, which could potentially be maybe right now, what is it? The, the pirates or is it? No, the, I'm sorry. The giants are the second, second wild or the yeah second wild card. Yeah, first, first the loser Cardinals. of the West is going to be one more than likely. And then it's going to be either the St. Louis Cardinals or the Mets Marlins. Marlins. Right. Yeah. So any of those staffs, do you think the Cubs can out pitch them? And do you think their hitting is ready to deal with them? Who would be their, their, you know, the one that they don't want to face, potentially? I would say the Washington Nationals, only because ace for ace, you know, if you're putting up Scherzer and Strasburg um, against anybody, against Lester, against, you know, whoever you've got, I like, I probably like Scherzer and Strasburg just as much if not more. So the the thing going for the Cubs is that they've got the experience last year. They've got the hunger. And like we see in other sports, when you huff and you puff and you finally get there. So look at the Kansas City Royals last year. Yes. Going, yes. getting close, getting close, and then boom, getting over the hump. So, so they got to a game seven against the San Francisco Giants, lost, and then they came back and took care of the Mets last year. I like these Cubs. I like them. I think they're young, but I think they have experience. And they have a great pitching staff. Araldis Chapman had some, you know, a couple of bad games there, but I think that's out of his system. Uh, they are they're the team to beat. I mean, no doubt about it. But like I said, Washington Nationals a few years ago were great. Then last year they were disappointing. This year they took the Mets and the NL East by storm. And they'll be right there, and you know, in a seven-game series, if I can pitch Scherzer and Strasburg twice, I have a chance. I have a, you know, not even a boxer's chance. I have a really good chance. So as good well, as the Cubs are, you know, you know how it is. It's all about your 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 next day starting pitching. I totally agree with you. I'll say this: the good news for them is that the Nats have the second best record. So with the Dodgers being, you know, the, the third best division record, and that's a, like a four-game gap, it looks like the Cubs and Nats, if they meet, it'll be in the NLCS, the winner to go to the World Series. So that's at least a great that, NLCS, yeah. yeah oh gosh, that would, be, that would be awesome, Ray. I mean, that's, 
that's the one thing I think that they can, you know, look, look forward to in that sense. You know what I mean? It's, um, I think that's a, a good, a good thing. Now over in the AL, what's going on? I know things have been kind of wild. We've seen the Royals start surging. Our Yankees, Ray, would get, we, we got to give Gary, not G-Money Gary, but Gary Sanchez some love on this show. How about the baby bombers? I mean, what he did, 11 home runs in August was just mwah, spectacular, Ray. But the kid is a stud. Uh, tell me, you know, what are you thinking about, you know, how the AL is going to play out? Right now, obviously, the, you know, Blue Jays are holding on over the, you know, Red Sox and, and Baltimore, who's dropped down a little. Um, you know, Yankees got ways to go. But then Cleveland, they're, they're, you know, they got a decent lead, almost four games right over Detroit. Do you see the Royals? I mean, it's still at 69 wins. Do they have a re- realistic shot, or is it too little too late? And uh, who are the two wild cards, you think? So, you can never count these Royals out. They surged a little bit, but they lost. They just lost their last two in a row. But I think ultimately the AL East winner is obviously going to be in, and I think the second-place team in the AL East is going to take one of the wild cards. Right. Cleveland looks like they're in, but don't sleep on Detroit. So Detroit, well, Detroit Houston, and Baltimore are basically tied, and then Houston's right there, so – it's wide open yeah. behind, it you know, is. the second wild card spot is the second wild card spot is really a race between like five to 16. If you said Seattle, Houston, that's two, KC, Detroit, three, four, Baltimore and the Yankees, five, six, that's legitimate six teams within the most a three game difference. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that all these teams really have a chance, but you're right though. Within three, four games, you got five or six teams, and hey, not that's only a that, series. that's a series. You yeah, see somebody, sure. Ray. Not only that, but the the Blue Jays, Red Sox, Orioles, and maybe if you want to say the Yankees, but certainly those top three, they're playing for the division and for the wild card, and they probably have to play each other at least, I think those teams have to play each other either three or six times, depending on the matchup. So the the AL East is really going to determine the whole thing for the American League. It's, it's going to be exciting. I think, you know, honestly, there, there's a lot of baseball left. You know, teams have got their call-ups, you know, and stuff like that. But, um, you know, this is the stretch run. Because basically, you know, it, it's it's a wrap. October second is the season ending, or it might, you know, it might be the third. I mean, I don't remember the calendar. Yeah, the Sunday, the the Sunday, October the second, I think is the last game. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you got four and a half, or like four, yeah, four and a half weeks to go. Basically, um, this is this is what it's all about. So, look, baseball fans should be. Uh, very hyped up and excited, you know, and you, you almost feel bad that baseball loses, you know, everybody gets back into it for the playoffs and world series, Ray, but you know, they, they kind of lose their great stretch run to the beginning of college football and the NFL because fans are so thirsty for, you know, 
the NFL and college football. As we say, the NFL is number one, but right now, if we're honest, college football is really number two in the hearts of most people in this country. And I think basketball is ahead of baseball, but it, it's, it's, uh, it's that time of year, right? It's that time of year. So I don't know. I'm, I'm hyped up. Any, uh, anything for the Labor Day weekend for the good people? Stay, stay dry with the weather, but uh, any barbecue? Stay dry with the weather. And to me, you know, football is going to take over next week, right? Pro football. So to me, I would say this enjoy weekend, college. next weekend, enjoy college. Enjoy the baseball stretch run. Enjoy the U.S. Open. So there's yeah. a lot of really good sports out there. And, of course, Rante is going to bring you a lot of pro football. But we bring it all to you. So enjoy the sports. Enjoy the sports weekend. Enjoy the end of summer. Enjoy Labor Day. And we will definitely see you next week. We're going to come to you on Tuesday. After your Labor Day weekend, we're going to give you our NFL preview because NFL Woo! starts on Thursday, the 8th. Start of our, the so official start of our fifth season, Ray. That's crazy. Wow. Time flies. Yeah, man. So, everybody have a great week. Oh, what is it? I think it's, it's not till next week, but everybody's got to watch. I think it's that September 8th or 9th. I think it's coming up. The, uh, all the actors and entertainers, the whole thing for cancer. That's going to be a great show. So that's something to, to look forward to because, you know, we all want to stop cancer. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. if they say we can put it in our lifetime, that it's a matter of just putting enough effort and dollars and people against it. That would be great. Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's going to be something, something great. You know, check out that Sully movie. That looks good. A lot of, you know, a lot of little things going on. Oh, and if you got Netflix, I don't have it. I might have to get Netflix, Ray. You got to watch the get down about the, you know, hip hop movement starting in the 70s, late 70s, early 80s in the Bronx. I heard it is amazing. I think they released the first six episodes. So definitely watch the get down. Um, Seems like it'd be fun, so you know, we, I'm ready to say I might have to check that one out because because we're about some hip hop. That's what we grew up with. So you know, don't sleep on us, people. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, have a great sports weekend, and we'll yeah. catch you on Tuesday. Tuesday, Pete. NFL picks coming. We're out. I think Ray. I think Ray's got the Jets going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Oh, no. Come on. I'm a Jets fan, but I'm still rocking. He's got Jets, Jets versus Cowboys. <laughs> hey. We're out.